The sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. This is Off Track with Hinch and Rossi. Hello and welcome. <laughs> Good job. To another riveting episode <clears throat> in the off season of Off Track with Hinch and Rossi. So I think we dive right into the text Tim just sent us, which is, uh, I got so little sleep, should be fun to make fun of me. Now, just so we're clear, it is always fun to make fun of you. But yes, this might be extra fun. Why Why did you get such little sleep? Not even like a fun reason. I was just taking pictures of planets. What's What's interesting is like, you don't look That's really fun. any different than normal. I'd go- <laughs> I feel like I look terrible. That's No, that's just how you always look. Oh, fair enough. <laughs> you always look how you currently feel. You look disheveled. There's that alarm. Um, but that's uh, uh, also the text about having computer issues was a lie. I just didn't want to get out of bed. You didn't want to get a Oh, I guess it's, yeah, it's early there for you. That's true. Um, what planets were you taking pictures of? I got some good ones of Jupiter and Saturn. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Posted them on my Twitter. If you want to see. Okay. I'll bite. No. And then, but they hear the, like the dumbest part was like, I, so I finished that. And then I was like, I should go to bed. And then I watched two more episodes of that show. Um, okay. Then we have no sympathy for you. No, yeah, no. This is all my own doing. I again, I like what show this was on me. I did. I, I like. I started. I was like, this is dumb. I'm gonna feel terrible tomorrow, and then did it anyway. I mean, I feel like that's you for a lot of decisions that you make. Yeah, yeah. I mean, my, also guilty. My only saving grace is I'm going to I'm going back to sleep as soon as we finish this. That's fair. That's a pretty good picture of Saturn. Yeah, isn't it? It's insane to me that that's so far away and that's just a giant, like, gaseous planet floating around with some rings around it and you can just take pictures of it from your house. It's been, like, it's been cloudy as hell, like, for two weeks. Finally cleared up last night, so... What show show are you watching? I'm still watching that Midnight Club one on Netflix. Oh. You know, I'm eight episodes in, but I think episode nine is going to be where it gets good. Yeah. Yeah. No. How was your weekend? Oh, uh, we don't want to keep talking about Tim's life choices. I mean, we'll get back to that. I'm just curious how your weekend was. Um, my weekend was fine. I went to Canada. Um, Canada is far. 
Um, and it's not that far, especially not at the pace that you drive to get there. <laughs> Dude, it's closer for you than most. It's still too far. Like, I don't mind driving, but like doing, I mean, <clears throat> I'm not going to complain to you guys because you do it excessively. You do that journey. Um, yeah. But like driving 500 miles back to back, driving a thousand miles in a four day period is, is annoying. Like, yeah, you think about it. You wasted complete day of your week. Oh yeah. You spend 16 hours roughly in a car just yeah. sitting there. Correct. It's tough. This is it's a tough, tough pill to swallow for like three nights. But anyways, it was good. It was good to see everyone. It was Kelly's mother's birthday. She was oh. very happy that we came. Um, happy I, birthday, Kelly's mother. Yes. Um, I saw all of Kelly's nephews and her niece for the first time, which was nice. And I kicked their ass in Mario Kart, which was nice. Um, so they must be terrible thought, if you won. <laughs> oh, ho, 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 ho. That's, that's it's weird that you would say that. Um, All right, Tim, then, get on a plane, get down here. We gotta have a have a tournament right now. I went to my first like child's hockey game, which was oh nice. Also kind of cool. What what age are we talking about? He's uh, seven, and it's his right. first. Um, there's a term that uh, uh, the term when it's like you actually have to try out to make the team. There's a, it starts with a P. Okay. Prep, prep hockey. Yeah. Anyways, right. so and within the first like minute of us all being there, he scored a goal. So <laughs> Look at awesome. that. Yeah. Motivated legend. by his famous uncle and family being there. Ah, yes. There you go. Um, so when are you becoming weirdly obsessed with hockey and starting to play it? Never. <laughs> okay. How do you bet on kids hockey? <laughs> <laughs> Easy. Other yeah. dads. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Alex just walks in. He's just the bookie for the the, the Timbit hockey. The Stouffville Timbit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Did they win? Uh no. They no. They that's all right. Your boy scored. He did. He carried his weight. Speaking of Timbit, and Alex won. I'm eating something that looks like a Timbit, but it's not a Timbit. It's Becky's homemade oat balls. They're really good. They don't sound good. No, they sound delicious. Your eyes are decidedly redder than normal. I'm so tired. What time did you go to bed? I don't want to talk about it. What time did you go to bed, Tim? I was able to call Liz as she got up, if that's any... What are you doing with your life? Why did you go to bed at 4 o'clock in the morning on a Monday? I don't know. I had no good reason to be up that late. No, you really don't. You really don't. No. It's about at nine thirty. Yeah, that was obviously the right move. I went to bed late because it was eleven, and I felt really bad about going to bed at eleven. I'm getting texts from Kelly. She says, "I miss you." That's a lie. No, she does oddly like him. No, no, no. I'm not saying it's a lie. You got a text. I'm (laughs) saying she's lying to you in that text. Ah, yeah. Um. So there, there is one pressing subject I would like to talk about. I I already know where this is going. I was going to ask you how much money you lost on sports betting this weekend. I made $300. Did you really? Yeah. Oh, you're like the only guy in the chat that everyone else seemed, well, I say that. Connor seemed very upset. Connor seemed like he had a bad sports betting weekend. Yes. Um, <laughs> here's where I, 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 I lost some money, though. Um, online blackjack is legal oh. in Canada. <laughs> 
Yeah. <laughs> and I am so beyond thankful that that is not a thing. I'm, I'm, I'm glad the government is involved in that part of my life because it's like <laughs> they are preventing me from wasting time and money sitting on my couch playing blackjack. Like that would be terrible. So if I had access to that, I did not know that you couldn't just play blackjack online. I mean, you can, in but not, but not for money. Right, 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 right. Yeah, yeah. Because so this is this. So you, yeah, you, you had this revelation, and you. Well, I was watching. Us. I was fo- watching football, <laughs> and this ad came up, and it was like, "Oh, check out Canada's largest online casino, where we have live dealers and real card games for real money. And if you deposit a hundred dollars, we'll match your, we'll match it, and you can have two hundred dollars to play with. Free and I was money. Like, I'm doing that. <laughs> Not good. Not good. I lost that two hundred dollars immediately. So, like, if you put in a hundred and then they match a hundred, can you just immediately withdraw everything no. and walk out with a hundred bucks? No, that'd be cool oh, though. That'd be also. I wouldn't do that. I, I know you wouldn't, but I'd have a lot of email addresses. <laughs> um, so basically, what you're saying is you're sitting watching football. You're sitting watching gambling on football, and a commercial comes out. You're like, "How can I gamble while I'm gambling?" No, because I don't. You like. I can't, Amer- I couldn't gamble. I couldn't sports bet oh, on because, Sunday in Canada. Right, right, right. So I was kind of bored. I was sitting there and that it popped up and I was having my Caesar and sitting next to um, Kelly's sister's husband. And I was like, is it, should we? And yep. And uh, there we go. And you lost. So what you're saying is you don't actually watch the football for the football. You purely watch it for the, am I going to win or lose money? Here's the thing. If if I'm if I don't have fantasy players in it, right? It's not the playoffs. Yeah. And you're not betting on it. Yeah. There's not like a lot. There's nothing at stake. Okay. Right? So you you need that extra bit of motivation, just the pure joy well, of watching no, football. No, cuz if it's if it's like the Bucks playing, I'm happy to just watch the Bucks play. Oh, okay. If I'm going to sit there and watch the Giants Steelers or whatever, like right, right, right. You need I to have, have no something. emotional connection to it. Okay, all right, that, that's fair. That's fair. Right. Okay, yeah. I get that. That makes sense. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Tim, did you fix your microphone yet? I don't know. Did I? Oh yes. God, yeah. Unfortunately. Damn it. Yeah, you're back to full volume. I guess you got to still participate in the show. I was okay, I Alex. Was so ready to go back to bed. You had one thing you wanted to discuss this weekend. <clears throat> so, football existed this weekend. Um, you know, it's fall, but also another thing that goes along with fall is NASCAR playoffs. Mm-hmm, 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 mm-hmm. And I did not watch the race. I, I had zero interest in watching a daytime race in Las Vegas. Um, but I did watch the internet and the internet showed plenty of what I needed to see for this topic that we're going to talk about. Yeah. And I'm really really just offended not only as a human but also a racing driver for what Bubba Wallace did on Sunday. And let's let's enlighten the fans. Okay. In case so, you missed it. So in case you missed it, um Texas or sorry, Las Vegas is a, a three-lane racetrack. I don't know why I would get that confused with Texas. Um Vegas <laughs> is a Vegas is a three-lane racetrack. Um quite a bit of tire deg. Um, throughout a stint. And so, you know, you, you kind of have the guys that are running the wall, you know, kind of like Homestead. They're, they're all the way up the track in lane three, four, up against the wall. And then you've got kind of this middle groove, if you will, and then the bottom, which the bottom is in theory quicker, but 
a lot harder on the tires and it's hard to keep the car on the bottom if you go to the bottom. So I, I don't even know what position it was for. Like it was towards the front. I think it was like, so, I think it was top 10. I think yeah. they were like Bubba, Bubba won the first stage. So yeah. he was running up there. Yeah. So it was, it was in that, in the ballpark of being relevant and it was getting towards the end of a stage. Uh, no, not really. No? Okay. Just, just, just a just, lap. Yeah. Just a lap. And Kyle uh, Larson kind of made it three wide on the bottom. Going Bubba, into three. Bubba was all the way at the top already. There was a car in the middle. Don't know who it was. And Kyle cleared the middle car and was clearly kind of chasing the thing up the track because understeer, lack of grip, tire deg, and just kind of moving up the track. It, he wasn't out of control. He was just kind of moving up. And I don't believe it was intentional. It didn't look intentional. But like he he did touch Bubba's door. Like he kind of door, it was door to door contact. And Bubba kind of had a moment, um, didn't crash, didn't really hit anything, just kind of got oh, pushed he, out of the way. He, his, you know, he hit the wall. Did he? He did, he did brush the wall, okay. yeah, for sure. Well, again, by cup standards, it wasn't like he was out of the race. No. Right. And by cup standards, a very standard, acceptable amount of contact? I, I would say a, a not infrequent amount of contact uh a not regularly except it's a kind of contact that you'd have a conversation with the guy after the race but like that's it you'd be like hey man that was a dick move yes but i kind of equate it i've obviously never driven a cup car i've never driven at vegas i kind of equate it to <clears throat> you're at iowa right in an indy car tired egg and someone's kind of passing you on the outside of one and two granted kyle was the one doing the passing here but someone's passing on the outside of one and two you're kind of on the white line in the bottom and like you have some understeer and you're moving up the track and you're doing the best you can. Right. But sometimes like you're going to squeeze them out to the wall. And again, it's different because the overtaking car, as we've often discussed on this podcast should have the primary responsibility for sure. But I don't think, I don't think there was a conscious effort that he was trying to squeeze Bubba into the wall. No, I, I agree that it was not, it was not conscious malicious or whatever, but right. But for the actual incident of the of the pass and then the initial contact, I would say that Kyle is certainly more at fault. He was the passing car. He didn't keep it under control. He didn't give Bubba enough room to not brush the wall on an exit of four. Right. But again, we're talking about some some contact in a tough situation. No one was out of the race. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Fast forward two and a half seconds. Fast forward two and a half seconds. And Bubba, I can only describe, has legitimately used his car as a weapon. He aimed. He aimed his car at Kyle Larson. At 170 miles an hour into the right rear quarter panel of Kyle Larson and just stoked him. Like, took them both out of the race. Like, didn't lift. Like, it was, it was kind of what you see on those, like, local um, kind of... Uh, Dirt modified legend track. Dude, races, it's what you see on iRacing. Wednesday night. It's yeah. iRacing. Yeah. It's iRacing. Someone gets pissed off and then just keeps it lit and just drives into someone and big crash. So goes on, d- does this, and then gets out of the car. Sorry, let, let me just let me just yes. add the other element here. While those two cars were crashing, they took out a championship contender in Christopher Bell. Correct. Who was also a Toyota teammate to Bubba Wallace. Correct. Yeah. So as they come to a stop in this smoking bent 
pieces of garbage. <clears throat> Bubba climbs out of the car and goes over and starts trying to like push on and, and fight Kyle. And Kyle, to his obviously much better judgment and probably thinking historically of, you know, situations he's dealt with in the past, he kind of just turned turned away, didn't engage, walked off. Let, let it be. And then it continued on to Bubba getting interviewed. And there was not even a single ounce of, of recognition of what had just happened. Of, uh, yeah, you know, I was pissed off. I retaliated. Probably shouldn't have done that. Feel really bad for Christopher Bell. Even when he was prompted as to how did, I mean, yeah, okay, this incident aside, a side effect of this was a Toyota teammate championship contending car was taken out, and his, his response was, uh, sports. However, in his apology, he did not once acknowledge anything to do with Kyle Larson. He yeah, just he apologizes to the team, the sponsors, Toyota, Christopher Bell, the fans, and nothing to Kyle. So I just, I... I feel like we can comment on this because we're also racing drivers and we also have to deal with situations that are frustrating in the moment. We have all been, the we've all, we've that, all wanted to go fight a guy. We've, we've all, all wanted we've to all go taking people out. We've also all been taken out. Right. And there is levels of, Obviously of you do. okay, Tim, you should either stop talking or fix your <laughs> microphone. I'm working on it. Okay. So then stop talking. <laughs> So, um, and I just, I'm, I'm flabbergasted by how he dealt with and is continuing to handle the situation. It's really disappointing is I guess all I'll say. So from my perspective, I, like I said, I put the, the initial contact like hundred percent, 90% on Lars, right? Fine. I have in the past on this show and on Twitter and years prior taken always, always, always taken issue with drivers using their cars as weapons and using cars to retaliate in a dangerous fashion. Now I understand in NASCAR, it's different. You can bump a guy under caution and you can spin him out. You can hit him in pit lane at the end of the race. Like that stuff happens all the time. Fine. I mean, not fine. I think it's stupid, but whatever. At 170 miles an hour, when you're driving a car that has so far in less than a year's worth of running taken two drivers out of the sport, either permanently in one case or temporarily in another case due to concussions and the way they crash. Again, we talked about this the other day on the show, NASCAR working on it. It's not a criticism of, of what's happened or what's happening. I don't know all the details, I know there are two facts being that Kurt Busch is now retired from full-time racing because of an accident in July. He is still not okay. And, and uh, uh, Bowman had a what seemed like a completely innocuous crash that took him out. He's been out for four rounds or whatever now. So there's, there's clearly an issue with this car. And the way that Christopher Bell ended up hitting the wall was like super similar to the way Bowman hit the wall. And I'm like, like sitting here terrified that we're going to get a, a, a press release on Thursday saying that Christopher Bell's out for next week's race because of a concussion. The point is, this car is obviously not as friendly to crash as other cars. 
when a driver uses their car to just blatantly take other drivers out. I had huge issue with Noah. So I'm just being consistent here, right? I don't care who's driving the cars. When Noah Gregson did this to Sage Karam, I was furious. I'd lost so much respect for Noah Gregson. When Kyle Busch did this, I want to say it was to Ron Hornaday in the trucks back in like Texas in 2011. I took huge issue with it then and was public about it then, for which Kyle still hates me apparently. Um, and I just, I just don't think it's acceptable. Uh, NASCAR gave Gregson a penalty for basically doing the exact same thing in Road America. It'll be very interesting to see if a penalty comes for Bubba in this case, because the thing is, Bubba said that he brushed the wall when Kyle pushed him up there and that, you know, his thing in the heat of the moment was, oh yeah, once I hit the wall, my steering was messed up. But our good friend, Parker Kligerman, who does some great analysis on all forms of racing. And uh, he actually brought up, there's competitor data in NASCAR. You can access every car's data. And he brought up on screen, it's on his, it's on his Instagram, guys, go check it out. The, the steering data of Bubba's previous lap and then that lap, and you see where he touches the wall, and then you see a hard left turn. And I mean, like, I don't think it was because the steering was broken. It looked very much like he just turned the car left. So like, you're just, you can't lie about that when there's that many sensors on the car. So you're right. I, I agree with you. It was massively disappointing in, in the initial reaction. The subsequent reaction has not made it really much better. Um, it's a tough deal. But like I've, like I said, I've, I've been very vocal about really having to come down on drivers that, that do that, that. I mean, I thought I thought Gregson should have been banned for a race. I thought Kyle Busch should have been banned from the truck series. And I think that that Bubba should have to sit a race out for that. But I don't know. We'll see. It's uh it's a weird deal. I'm just I just think it's funny that somebody's mad at you. you said uh, Kyle's Kyle's. Oh mad yeah, at yeah. You. Apparently. It's I've I've heard that like third third hand that not only did he see like I tweet <laughs> it's a long story. But apparently there was a tweet that I sent back. We in got 20, 20 more minutes. Let's go back in 2011 um, where I didn't even actually, <laughs> I, don't, I really don't want to get into it. I really don't want to get into it. I'll just say that I sent a tweet that as a, as a unemployed IndyCar driver at the time, uh, having just finished my rookie year that uh, wasn't even too Kyle had nothing really to like, I some fan addressed the issue and tagged me in it. And I wrote a one word reply that somehow Kyle saw and took great offense to and great issue with and has held a grudge again, allegedly. I've never spoke to him about this. I've spoken to Kyle. He never mentioned it, but I've heard from people close to him that he's got this, this, this issue with me and I, it's fine. I don't really lose sleep over it, but uh, yes, that is just to, to prove the point that I'm consistent in my view that if you use your car as a weapon, you should be very harshly penalized. And if you act like a dick, we're going to call you out on this podcast. That's also probably true. That is also probably I'm look, true. I'm, I'm looking for the tweet now. It was in 2011, so good luck. I'm back to 2013. <laughs> How? Did you get there? That, that was man? quick. I don't tweet I a lot. I just searched Hinchtown Kyle Bush. Oh, yeah, I guess. Oh, yeah, yeah, found it. I found what, it. What did I say? Hey, at Mars Chocolate Dump, Kyle Bush and sponsor an IndyCar. Hey, Hengetown, got room for another sticker. And you oh, said, that was, yeah, that was someone no. else. Someone else tweeted that. Yeah. 
And you said, yep. Iris replied, yep. <laughs> I love the internet. How fast I could find that. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, that's mildly terrifying. <laughs> it was funny. Yeah. It, it has literally zero likes. I'm going to mm-hmm. go like it. I'm trying to repopulate it. <laughs> Bring it back. Quote, just tweet it. If you want to just go to my likes, it's, it's at the top. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Really appreciate the support there. Ah, the sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Listening to your favorite podcast? That's smart. Earning your degree online from Southern New Hampshire University? That's really smart. With 24-7 access to coursework, no set class times, and dedicated student support, you can go to school when and where it works for you. Low online tuition means you can even do it for less. And dedicated student support means we'll be with you from day one to graduation and beyond. Join a community of learners just like you. Go to snhu.edu today to start your free application. In a fast-paced world, every day brings new challenges and new opportunities. At Strayer University, we know a thing or two about getting and staying ahead of change. For over 130 years, we've been providing students like you with innovative tools and customized support so you can find your way forward and always keep striving. Visit Strayer.edu to learn more. Strayer University is certified to operate in Virginia by CHEV and has many campuses, including at 2121 15th Street North in Arlington, Virginia. Anyway, it'll be very interesting to see how, uh, how um, NASCAR deals with this. I think it's, a, it's an important thing. Um, there was some IndyCar news that came out over the week. Uh, that the open test, the spring training test is going to be held at Thermal Motor Club, or I think, I'm not sure exactly what it is. We could all hang out, guys. It's, yes, Thermal is a racetrack out in California. It's in Palm Springs, right? Yeah, it's like two-hour drive. It's not bad. So uh, it's one of these kind of motorsport, country club type things. Um, There are like condominiums there. I think there's a hotel. There's all sorts of garages. Race teams are based there. A lot of Car enthusiasts have garages. You can go do track days, all sorts of stuff. It's apparently a really, really impressive facility. Um, and IndyCar is going to be doing a uh, a two day test there. Alex, how do we feel about this? Um, I uh, well, mm, huh. if I hmm, I don't know <laughs> if I if I look at it, I I understand IndyCar's predicament. I understand the fact that they want to have kind of a spring training-esque type thing, which we've Mm -hmm. done in the past, um, to kind of get everyone together, get all of IndyCar there, have a run-through of all the systems. And and, and that was something that 
Jay has mentioned quite a few times that when you show up to St. Pete and it's the first time using everything, like it's, it's tough, right? Whereas if you have this two day test to everything's been sitting for the yeah, winter, blow the make sure out. all the timing people, everything's good, right? Yeah. You remember how like, to set up the timing stand and right. Yeah. So I, I feel like that's, that's very good. Um, and it's also hard in January slash February to find a place that is warm enough to test an IndyCar. So I, I get that. Um, I also understand that <clears throat> this is a good idea if we are truly evaluating this as a potential um, place to have a race. That's, that's, that's all very useful. So from that outlook and, and that viewpoint, um, I think it's great. I think it's, it's cool. Has that been discussed that this is, this is potentially something that they want to look at doing for a race? It's, it's been discussed by the owner slash promoter of the track. Uh, okay. Not from IndyCar specifically, but it's okay. been, this is going to be a tryout for they them, would all love, of us. They to, would love to, to have see it. If it to right. see if it would work. Right. From the pure competitor standpoint, it's a little weird. Like, I don't think I've ever once, aside from Sebring, which I guess we've kind of just all accepted, I don't think I've ever tested an IndyCar at a track that we're not going to race at or that we haven't raced at. Like, I just feel like that's that's weird. Um and maybe there isn't, I mean, we can talk about it right now. Maybe there isn't a place that would be hospitable. I mean, well, I think Barber could probably work, you, but other you, than that, it's pretty tough. You, you sort of, you sort of like took the point for me that I was going to bring up is we blindly go to Sebring multiple times a year and don't really complain about it. And I think the justification is that's quote unquote street course testing. Cause it's bumpy and multiple surface and you can't go test it in your street course. Fine. But like we don't race there and we've tested more laps around Sebring than any other track, you know, maybe than the Speedway because we practice for a week straight there every year. Um, so I guess there, you know, in, in one sense, there's that. There is some precedent for testing somewhere you don't race. We have done it at Barber before, um, usually much closer to the start of the season though, right? Like this is February 2nd, 3rd or 3rd, yeah. yeah. 4th. I mean, I'm not sure how... Alabama is in early February. Yeah. I mean, it's just fascinating that it, when you think about it, that there aren't any permanent road courses. Well, like Coda, right? You could go to Coda. Right. Which I know we don't race at anymore. Um, and we did do it there one year, right? Was it 2020? Yes, 2019. 2019. And 20, because we were supposed to race there pre-COVID. Right. Right. Um, so... But again, I know I do know that's a very expensive venue to rent out for two days. Whereas I imagine they're getting a pretty baller deal at Thermal, if not maybe even getting paid to go. So there might yeah. be some economic motivation there. Yeah. Just total total spitballing. I have no idea. The other thing that's cool about it is like, I mean, we used to do it. We used to do it at Phoenix when we raced at Phoenix. Yeah, I think true. I think this is another like it's another reminder of like. And and maybe like maybe like I said, maybe this is a good thing because it'll open the door to to have this race. But it's another reminder that like we need to expand our schedule again. Like, well, yeah, because if you look at the 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 most obvious places that we race that would be warm this time of year, right? Florida street race can't test there. Long Beach street race can't test there. Texas, you literally go yourself if you want to do if you want to do two more days of just pounding around that place. Wouldn't do it. I would ride. Like, if thermal's the next option, then yeah, I guess that, that that's probably the best one. No, I mean, I yeah. just I just uh, miss the Applebee's by Phoenix now. Old Goodyear, Arizona. 
Um, no, that's a, that's a very good point. I mean, do, I, I, I wondered, uh, do you think, do you think you would learn more? Like, let's just spitball here. Do you think you'd learn more for like gateway by testing at Phoenix? than you're going to learn for Barber or Indie GP or mid Ohio by testing at thermal. Like I I'm just more curious, more than anything. Great question. I would say like, I feel like Phoenix would still be applicable. Yeah, it's probably a lot. It's probably closer. Again, I don't, I don't, I'll be honest. I don't know the thermal layout super well yeah. to like really make and it, direct and it, and Honestly, but, it doesn't really matter the layout. It's more going to be what the surface is like. What the surface like, is like. The surface yeah. is comparable to anything like what that. What tires might. you're running. Yeah. And so the, the other part about it, man, and like this is again, you sort of take the competitor hat off for a second and just put on the series hat promoter hat however you want to look at it you know thermal is um frequented and occupied patroned by a lot of wealthy car enthusiasts and a lot of those men and women are business owners and maybe this is actually a good opportunity to get any car in front of some of these people that are maybe more sort of like sports car and IMSA inclined because they maybe have a Porsche 911 or a Ferrari 488 or something. Um, but this kind of gets them excited about open wheel and car racing. We might see some like kind of financial benefit down the road from people getting involved, companies getting involved, whatever. Could be a good group to expose the series to up close and personal, you know? No, I, I think there's more, there's certainly more positives yeah. than negatives. It's just yeah. maybe I'm particularly sensitive to it this year because the testing is going to be so, it's limited. so limited yeah. and this is a completely new team and manufacturer for me. So it's going to be like, is this weird because it's thermal or is this weird because this is now the car that I drive? Well, yeah. Like, so for you, for, I said, it's a great point actually, because you are jumping into a whole new program, different engine, different setup philosophies, whatever. I would say that for you, whether you're testing at Sebring or thermals, almost probably doesn't make a difference. So yeah, unless you are going to a barber or a Texas or somewhere that you actually race, it doesn't really matter. You're getting to learn the team, you know, their general road course car is going to be what it is. You know, yeah. I, I don't think you learn anything different at another track you don't race at. So you might be in actually a better spot than some of the others who might try to develop their road course car more off the basis of what they know it feels like at a barber or an indie GP and maybe go down the wrong road. I don't know. I don't know. It'll go one of two ways, James, and <laughs> we're going to have to wait till February to find out. We sure will. We sure will. Um, the other thing that's crazy and awesome. Um, and I don't, I don't know. It's pro it, it's not possible for us for a multitude of reasons, but it's just, again, the creativity and the ingenuity and the thinking outside of the box that some series are doing cup is looking at having a rain package for short ovals. Yes. Which is phenomenal. I think that's awesome. Now let me jump in and rain on your enthusiasm <laughs> for IndyCar doing this or open wheel doing this. <laughs> um, <clears throat> The spray from no, an open no, I, I said it wouldn't be possible. Okay. Me. All right. All right. All right. hundred percent. Right, right. Okay. Um, I'm just jealous. I'm jealous because they don't have as much spray. I'm jealous because they have windshield wipers. 
I'm jealous they have of mud a lot flaps of things. that they can keep the yeah. You know. Yep, yep. But like, how cool is that going to be to watch? Man, yeah. I it's it's going to have to be a really good tire. It's going to be a really good tire, or it's going to well, look that'll like be a first for them. <laughs> or it's going to be like watching, you know, like people try to pull out of a icy parking lot at Lowe's or something Which like is equally as exciting. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's entertaining in a 30 second Instagram video maybe, but it could just be like an absolute like tear up crash fest. If there's not enough grip to at least like push it a little and like have some margin, catch a slide, things like that. If we can do that. Cool. Um, I think, yeah, I agree. I think the idea is like, we've joked about it a lot in IndyCar. I was like, throw, throw on the wets, put on the, the, the road course wings and let's just go for it. You know? Um, yeah. And obviously they're not going to, it sounds like they're not going to do it in like a deluge. They're just going to right. stop raining instead of waiting the two hours for the jet dryers to do their business. They're just or go. even better, it like starts lightly raining during a race and they don't even red, they don't even yellow flag it. They just, they just come in for yeah, wets. Come in for wets. So that's what you think you need. Yeah. <laughs> kind of, I mean, it's kind of amazing when you think about it. I would watch. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> I would definitely watch. <laughs> oh, man. Good on them for that. Yeah. So, uh, so, Alex, I'm heading to Coda this weekend to work with F1 TV and you know F1 and you know Coda and what, what, what do I need to keep an eye out for? What should, and what I should know TV. Be? You do, you know um, how to watch TV very well. Well, Sixth street is a good time. Okay. Okay. All right. We're getting the, we're getting the off track. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Update on Coda. You should definitely go to Sixth street. Um, all right. Any spots in particular that I should hit? All like you'll, you'll know. Um, there's this area of Austin, um, and, uh, I'll send it to you cause I don't remember the actual name, but it's, uh, it's like this district mm-hmm. and it's all of these homes, like kind of suburban homes that have been converted into bars. Okay. And so you've got these, just this neighborhood um, where you just walk in this front door and you're in a, like a living room and then you kind of walk through and there's now a bar and you go into the backyard and there's music and there's another bar out on the patio and it's the bathrooms are like bathrooms. It would be in a house and it's just a really cool kind of and experience. It's multiple homes like that. Yeah. There's like maybe 20 of them. That's awesome. I think I went to yeah. a karaoke bar there. Yeah. It was a, there's a there, were, there used to be a place in Toronto called the Addison House, and it was basically that concept, but on like kind of a bigger scale. So it was like a really nice house, but you walked in, it was like a full kitchen, and it was like it's called, like it's called Rainy Street. Rainy Street. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's and, really and, cool. And there's and there's like legit restaurants, kind of like more of your hipster style restaurants and like your yeah, steakhouses, yeah. but really really good food there. Um, so Rainy Street is like where you would go for like a nice kind of craft cocktail and a kind of cool experience. Sixth street is like where Tim would be, um, you know, those types of bars, which hey, is also Tim. equally a good time. <laughs> that felt like an attack. Mildly, mildly it did. Um, but in, in all, in all seriousness, James, uh, there's not much to look at 
at the racetrack in Austin. Like you've been there. It's mm -hmm. it is what it is. It is it's what a, it is. It's a big, beautiful venue. Um, the S's are pretty cool. Are you going to go up to it. the tower thing? I wouldn't. I mean, probably not. I imagine it's going to be pretty busy. Yeah. And, like, I got a lot of work to do. But yeah. uh, here's a question for you. So Max has obviously already wrapped up the championship. Sure have. Red Bull are going to wrap up the Constructors' Championship. Sure are. So, like, does Red Bull's goal now become get Checo second place? Do they care about that enough? That like, let's put it this way: the Max is leading, Checo mm. second with five laps to go. Do they swap them, or like, is Max winning more races in the season than anyone else in history cooler than Checo finishing second as a driver? I would think so. Right? They're like they're not because there's no benefit to the team. Zero. Right? So like, it just it just sounds good, I guess, but there's no monetary benefit. There's really I, I mean i don't even i don't even think it's discussed like it, it's just we won the drivers and constructors championship it's not we won the constructors championship and finished one two in the drivers yeah you've like, never heard no. even when mercedes did it like 10 years in a row you've never no. heard them talk about being one no. two in the championship it's drivers constructors and yeah. this is how many races we won right and so we set that every, record everyone's right. getting a race um uh, you can't get races in f1 anymore the cost cap i mean you especially, can't. especially was, if you work for red bull joke Oh, that I was get the it. joke right. I intended there. No, so that's, I, I mean, that's an interesting topic to talk about in our last couple minutes. Red Bull has been seen to have violated the cost yeah, cap regulations. Like, yes, we haven't talked about this. At the moment, it seems as though they're going to get a fine, which is kind of funny because... You spend would, too much money, give us money. Yes. Yeah. Um, do you think there should be, like... There's enough controversy surrounding the 2021, you know, F1 Drivers' Championship. I'm not saying that Max or anyone should be thrown out or should lose their their title, but do you think? And and they don't even have the infrastructure to put this in place. But what I was thinking is, do you think there should be a penalty for like next year being the amount that you overspent? Like that's how much your budget is reduced by. Like there's yeah. got to be some sort of penalty, right? So there was an interesting, uh, and this might be what you're referencing. There was an, a letter that Zach Brown wrote to the FIA and I think kind of CC'd all the other team owners on it. I assume that was a collaborative effort in some capacity just based on the way it sounded and it was written. <clears throat> but that was one of the things that they said was, you know, because of not only the benefit you get in that season, there's knock-on benefits in the following season because whatever you develop carries over, whatever. And so let's say you overspent by $2 million, Your budget cap should be come down by $2 million plus like another equal fine. So you should actually have to spend $4 million less the following year. Yeah. And I think that's kind of, I think that's kind of fair. Now, what I certainly don't know, and I don't know if anybody knows, this is the problem, right? You, you read all the article like, we're we're like that arm's length away, just like everybody else. I'm just reading this on like motorsport.com and racer.com and stuff like that. And you hear like Total Wolf saying, oh, well, it's got to be this. And, you know, other team owners saying it's got to be this. And I, I'm obviously not going to listen to anything those guys say because they're just going to go for like the, they're going for the death penalty, right? As they should. In a competitive environment, they should. The FIA they did, knows. They did, ask, they did ask that somebody be executed. Right, exactly. Right. Yeah. They do want a sacrificial, um, yeah. you know, a sacrifice for the gods. <clears throat> but 
maybe in their due diligence, the F1, because like, again, just playing devil's advocate, there's all this talk that like most of the overspend was actually in catering or something like that, right? So the other team's argument is, okay, well, they developed their brake ducts in the kitchen though. So like, <laughs> they use the ovens in the kitchen to bake extra carbon I mean, products. Yeah. Wouldn't you? I mean, I guess. Yeah. yeah now that you yeah, say that, yeah. I don't think it's quite, I don't think a, a convection oven's quite an autoclave, but whatever. So next year it's lunchables all around. Well, well that's yeah, just everyone. it, right? Okay. Here's the thing. If, if what they spent on the car was below the cap, right. But then they overspent on catering. You could argue that, they would have had to take money away from. Wait, hold on. Let me sure make this do this math right. No, see, I, I, I'm trying to figure it out. If they just overspent on catering. No, but if if you're given a global budget, right? Right. And your and you catering overspend. budget is X. Right. Right. And you say, well, I'm going to go over on that because we're going to have to go over on that because we went over on the car budget. Right. You went like on the car budget because you couldn't spend. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So just because 100%. the line item was in the red right. and it exactly. was catering, it doesn't matter. Right. That's true. So, yes, I think they're – well, I guess what I was originally starting – the point I was originally starting was we don't exactly know what they what they did or exactly how bad they did it or maybe there's something the FIA is seeing. And this is where the FIA has to be completely transparent, right? Whatever penalty ends up oh, coming down. Because they're so good at that. Well, and that's just it, right? Like, yeah. this we is can not definitely trust the FIA to make the, uh, the the right and fair decision here. Hey, this is this is going to be a great litmus test for them. As to what it is, it's going to be a great litmus test for them. So we'll we'll see. I but I, I agree. I like that idea that was in that letter about that should be your penalty for the next year plus like a fine sort of thing. And it's man, like if you if you believe what some of these teams are saying that like a half million dollars in in development budget is like two, three, four tenths. If, if they had to spend four million less next year, man, that's a that's tough. That's a tough look. Well, it would certainly encourage people to not break the cost cap. Well, that's like, just it, right? Right but, now, if it's just, oh, here's a $10 million fine for our charities, it's like, okay. They're already spending $150 million less than they were two years right. ago, so they don't care about a $10 million bump. Right. And like, to- yeah. Toto openly said it. He was like, oh, yeah, if we're just getting fines, I'm blowing straight through that cost cap. I'll go all the way up to that 5% number. I'll do 4.98%. Yeah. Yeah. That's just baked in now. Yeah. yeah. So, so they it does... They do. They got to make sure they do. You're right. Well, we'll see how that plays out. I'm going to go to Austin. I'm going to go to Rainy Street and Sixth Street and report back. And uh, you should um, you should go to the FIA and be like, hey, like, look, out. I, as a as like an impartial third party, here's what I think you should do. Yeah. Oh, by the um, way, I'm, I'm James. Thanks for having me. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for thanks for paying me to be here. Yeah. Uh, this is why you brought me out here was to help you sort out this mess. I know yeah, I'm reading yeah. between the lines here. Yeah. Uh, what are you up to this weekend? I'm going straight to Cabo. Straight to Cabo. That's right. That was a trip I was supposed to be on with you. And then I got a yeah. job. Shocker. Mm. It's either you or your wife blowing up. One of us. Yeah, that's vacations. true. <laughs> that's true. We do both miss a lot of vacations for, for that reason. Well, enjoy Cabo. I can't wait to hear all about it. Say hi to the peoples down there. Tim, I assume you're going to look at some more stars or something. Some and sleep so. during the day and stay actually now Liz is coming in town this weekend. How oh, nice. We're gonna go up to Santa Barbara. It'll be a good time. 
Look at you guys. It's adorable, Santa Barbara. You enjoy your Mexico beach. I'll enjoy the sand traps in Austin, Texas. Thanks very much. There isn't any. It's all paid run off. Damn it! This has been Off Track with Hinch and Rossi. Off Track is part of the SiriusXM Sports Podcast Network. And if you enjoyed this episode and want to hear more, please give us a five-star rating and leave a review. Subscribe today wherever you stream your podcasts. We're at Ask Off Track on Twitter and Instagram. And if you want to follow us on Twitter, we're at Hinchtown and at Alexander Rossi. If you want to follow Tim, though I have no idea why you would, he's at the Tim Durham on Twitter. Find us on YouTube and subscribe to our channel for exclusive video content. The music you heard on this episode is by Ryan Dan of Holland Patton Public Library. You can find him online at hollandpattonpubliclibrary.com. Off Track is produced by Tim Durham, and by that we mean fit. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Listening to your favorite podcast? That's smart. Earning your degree online from Southern New Hampshire University? That's really smart. With 24-7 access to coursework, no set class times, and dedicated student support, you can go to school when and where it works for you. Low online tuition means you can even do it for less. And dedicated student support means we'll be with you from day one to graduation and beyond. Join a community of learners just like you. Go to snhu.edu today to start your free application.